0: Samachet and Samachtet, Characters Epigenetic, Psulin, These pages of Gomorrah that we're dealing with are full of very, very technical ways of learning out various halachot from psukim. And I'm going to focus not on those areas, but more on a principle that appears on both Samachet and Samachet. And again, in much greater detail in, uh, on Ayan Vav and Ayan Zion. Uh, which we will get to and perhaps revisit it there, the idea that there are certain people who have a psul, they have a a flaw within their being, so to say, that limits their capacity to marry into the Jewish people. So we're really talking about genetics here in a a way, Uh, but it's not genetics with respect to to biological and physiological flaws. Uh, We're dealing with character flaws, and the fact that these character flaws are limited in, the people who have them are limited in their capacity to marry in, teaches us that there are elements of character that can be influenced through inheritance, through through birth, a kind of an epigenetic transmission of character traits from parent to child. So to understand this, we've got to go into the into the psukim, uh, into a bit of Rambam and the, and the relevant Gemara. Uh, and that will give us the context and the framework and some of the background of the principle. Uh, there are basically um, four nations that, that we're dealing with over here um, that can't join the Jewish people in quite the same way as everybody else can. Let's look at the Psukim in Ki Firstly, lo yavo amoni u moavi b'kehal Hashem. An Ammonite and a Moabite cannot come into the community of Hashem. Uh, no matter how many generations, they can never join. The reason being, the Torah tells us in the very next Pasuk, it's for two things they did. They didn't come forward to you with bread and water when you were on your way out of Egypt. And they hired Bilam, to curse you. I didn't listen to Bilam, so it didn't have any effect. On the contrary, I turned, it says Hashem, the, the curse into a blessing, but they tried to bring Bilaam in to curse you. Uh, however, when it comes to an Edomi, the descendant of Esav, you can't despise an Edomi, uh, because he is your brother. You can't despise an Egyptian. Because you lived in his land. And therefore, if they convert, then after three generations of convert, they can marry into the Jewish people. Until then, they can marry each other. But, but after three generations, they can marry into the Jewish people. So here we see that, although we're also dealing with a character flaw, after three generations, that can be diluted. But for some reason, the character flaw in the Amuni and the Unmoavi can never be diluted. So we're looking at two different types of character flaws. Rashi in, in, on the parish gives us the understanding. On Lotetae Vedomi, Le you can't despise an Edomite completely. And really, you should. Hate him because he came out with, had, with swords, with souls he was armed he had ammunition ready to destroy you on your way out of egypt so really that's a reason to despise and and what about mitstream what about the Egyptians they threw your male children into the into the river it, that, that they enslaved you, you could say that was determined by Hashem that they would do that. But Hashem never decreed that they should throw your, your little boys into the water and drown them. Surely that's a reason to despise them. And why not? Why do you not despise them? Don't forget that when you had nowhere to, to live and to be, they took care of you. You went down to Egypt and you lived in Egypt and you flourished in Egypt. And that HaKaret HaTov is there no matter what else they did. The bad that they did doesn't cancel out the good that they did. And you've got to be able to hold both of them. You've got to hold them accountable for the bad that they did, but not despise them as people, because you benefited from them. They did you, they did you favors. They t- took care of you, and, and they nourished you. Uh, the says Rashi, into the next pasuk, that after the third generation, Egyptians and Edomites can join the Jewish people, but the other nations that have, have have been not specified here, they can come immediately. The moment they convert, they can marry into the Jewish people. And here comes the important point in Russia. You learn from this, and this is so different from our contemporary, particularly liberal way of, of looking at things. For us, the worst thing one can do is kill another person, and that is a terrible thing. But from a Torah perspective, looking at life through a Torah lens, there's something worse than killing somebody, and that's to be machati, to be responsible for somebody else doing wrong, to be responsible for somebody else to do an avera, to transgress the Torah. (laughs) Because if you do kill somebody as terrible as that is, and it's a capital offense, but you're only taking away this world from him. You're taking him away 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 years of life, and that's terrible. But, but if you cause somebody to sin, you're destroying his life in this world and you're destroying his life in the next world. And therefore, Edom um, and Mitzrayim, although they did terrible things, they are not completely rejected and despised. However, that Amon and Moab, who would try to cause the Jewish people to sin, that's something to hate somebody for. Uh, so it's quite it, it, interesting, again, in our society where hatred is something we're trying to eliminate and we want tolerance for everybody, it's not quite so. There are things that are hateful. And what is hateful is not even somebody who murders. That's, one has to deal with that and one has to respond to that and one has to punish that. But that's not a reason for hate. A reason for hate is when somebody undermines the moral uprightness of another human being, when somebody contaminates the, the, the purity of another human being, when somebody distorts the thinking and the soul of another human being, that's something that is deserving of, of hatred. And the Torah is very specific in this, and the Gemara says on, on our Omud, We learn, and this is a, a piece of Gemara we see again on, on fire and Vav, that we're going to in greater detail, that it's only the male Ammonim and the male Moabites, but the females are not rejected. Why? And this is a discussion between Avner and Doeg. Doeg, who tries to prove that David and Melech is not able to marry into the Jewish people and shouldn't be able to be a king because he's descended from an Ammonite, from Ruth, uh, a uh, 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 Moabite. He's descended from, from Ruth. And uh, Avner challenges. Doeg and they have a conversation, which is analyzed in detail on Dafai and Vav. And it's Avner who teaches to ma'avit. To Why is that? Because look, the Torah gives you the reason. This is not just us attributing a reason to the law, the Torah gives us the reason. And the law is, They didn't bring food and water to you. It's not the way of the of the women to have to go and to the armies and to the soldiers and bring them, uh, bread and water—that the men should have been should have done—and therefore the right, the obligation to despise the uh, of uh, the Ammonim and the Moavim is limited to the men, not to the women. They may marry into the Jewish people, and therefore David, even though he's descended from a Moabite, is perfectly kosher because he was descended from a Moabite woman. The Rambam in Isurei Bia Perik Bet, uh, runs through all of these halachot. Um, First, listing the the four nations that are uh, and are not permitted, so, says the Rambam. Those four nations, if they convert, which they're allowed to do, they're proper Jews. A Moabite and Mitzri and Edom they can they can convert and they can become Jewish. They just can't join the nation. They can't contaminate the the DNA of the Jewish people. Um, and the, in the next halacha, he talks about the fact that it's the men and not the women, and the uh, difference with the Mitzri and the Edomite in halacha Yutet. The Rambam explains, as we've learned, that that's only um, that's after three generations they are allowed in because they attacked us physically, but not not morally and spiritually. Whereas the um, Moabites and the and the Ammonites attacked us um, spiritually as well. Um, then he goes into another area, which is the area of the givonim. Uh, and he says that if somebody uh, from the seven nations uh, were to convert, the seven nations that occupied Canaan before we got there, then, strictly speaking, they could marry into us. But we know they didn't convert. The only ones who did convert were the givonim and Joshua gathered them which you assigned echad to live by and one decreed that they can't marry in what did they do they were allowed to live by and he only forbade that during the time that there was a base mikdash for heman they cried these are the dinim these given in uh, because Nathanam loved that a mikdash he assigned them to work in the base mikdash later on David came along and he made the uh, prohibition, even not in the times of the Be- HaMikdash, Be- Be- but all times. This relates to the story in Joshua, where these, this group of people from the Emory nations, one of the seven forbidden nations, dressed up, they disguised themselves, to, and they came to Joshua and to the Jewish people, claiming they weren't from Canaan, but they were some, from just distant some distant nation, and they wanted to join the Jewish people. Later on, they, their disguise is discovered. Joshua calls them and says, why have you cheated on us? saying that we come from a different area. You're actually from, from Canaan, you're from here, you're local. You just disguised yourself, and as a result of that, There will never stop a time when you will serve as servants for the house of Hashem, uh, in other words, for the Beis HaMikdash. Later on in the book of Ezra, we learn that um, it was, when David came after, the, after, long after the time of Yeshua, he extended that and applied this fact that the Netinim can't join the Jewish people uh, even when the Beis HaMikdash is not there. And then the Rambam adds in the final halacha of the Perekh, Why did David make this decree? Because he found in these Givonim uh, a, a brazenness and a cruelty. Uh, there's the the story in uh, in and Perikhaf Aleph where the, there's a terrible uh, famine where a three-year famine. Hashem uh, David turns to Hashem and asks, What can he do? And Hashem says the reason for the famine is because of Sha'ul, the because Shaul killed the Givonim. And the Gemara asks in Bovabasra, in, in Bovakamma, Daf Kufyotet, at the end of Bovakamma, where do we find any case of Shaul killing the Givonim? And the Gemara says that what it's talking about is when Shaul kill, killed the Nov, the city of Kohanim, one of the big Aferoh of Shaul, um, the Givonim used to supply food and water to, this, to Nov. And so when he wiped out the city, he wiped out their source of income. And wiping out somebody's source of income is, is like killing them. is making life impossible for them. And so the Torah considers is if Shaul killed the Givonim, the Givonim resented this all the time and cursed the Jewish people, which resulted in, the, in, in this terrible famine. And the only way they could um, deal with it, the Givonim demanded that they be given seven descendants of Shaul to kill David, and this is a difficult parasha in Tanakh, which we'll speak about sometime, David hands over seven descendants of Shaul, uh, and they do kill them. And because David, he had no choice, uh, he had to do what he needed to do in order to rectify what Shaul had done to the Givonim, uh, even at such a terrible cost. And he, it seems he hoped that the Givonim would have mercy and they would, once they were handed over, these seven people, that the givonim would say, okay, you've handed them over. Uh, that means you accept our claim. We're not going to kill them. But they didn't. They killed them brutally. And because of that cruelty, they too are not allowed to marry into the Jewish people. Once again, it's a matter of midot. Uh, the the when, when there's such an inherent character flaw, that it, it's not just a punishment that they're not allowed to marry in. It's protecting our own genetic pool because character can be inherited. Uh, and we don't know the, the mechanics of it and how it works. And it's not something that's visible in DNA, but in some way, character can be transmitted as well from a parent to a child. And so the laws of, of marriage, watch out for that. And when it comes to matters of yichus, even families marrying with one another, one of the things people look at is the family, is the character of the family to which we're marrying in, not just the the color or the chosin, but their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, one tries to find out as much as one can uh, about their character. Often nowadays, all they focus on is, is, their, is their frumkat, which is which is something to look at as well. Uh, was, did the mother cover her head? Did the mother go to the mikveh? Did they, did they keep Shabbos and Kashrut? But there's another element. What we see in all of these halachotis, what we're even more concerned about is midot. What kind of character, what kind of human beings were they? Because marrying into a family where the midot are bad... Is dangerous. This is something that could be then incorporated and passed down through the generations, uh, and in the same way as negative character can be passed down. So, of course, positive character. When you've got great character in families, uh, one can one can see that one can see that too. Uh, I met a wonderful Talmud Chacham uh, here in Ranana, and just he, he just impresses me in so many different ways. It's just amazing as a human being, as a Talmud Chacham, a young man. Uh, and I said to him, "Where do you come from? What's your background? There's, there's something different. There's some nobility." And he explained to me that he's uh, descended from the the family of the of Rabbi Yosef Le Bloch, the, the, Hashiva, the founder of the Rosh Hashiva of of uh, one of the, the the great Rosh Hashivas of, of not our time, a little earlier than our time uh, of Tel's. Uh, and uh, he's a direct descendant of the Telsa Rosh Hashivas, and you can see it in his bearing. You can see it not only in his learning, but also in his Midot. The Rambam finally says that um, after the time of Sancheriv, Sancheriv, all the nations got mixed up and Edomim are not pure Edomim and the Mitzrim that we have today are not Mitzrim and we don't know who is who, everybody is mixed up. And so when somebody wants to convert, we we go after the Rov. we assume that they come from the majority of non-Jewish nations because we have no specific way of tracing their lineage back to the nations that are not permitted to marry in, and because we use that principle of of, uh, of rov, then we uh, we allow this, we accept that harov. They... When somebody appears and we don't know where he comes from, from what group of people he comes from, from what nation, Uh, From what religion we follow the majority, we assume that he comes from the majority, and the majority of people, of non-Jewish people, are permitted to marry into us, and so we accept any convert on the basis that they, we assume that they come from those nations that are allowed to marry into us. But the idea being just an understanding, the framework of these, is just to see to what degree the Torah is concerned uh, about those types of character flaws that are inherent those kinds of character flaws that, that uh, are just part of the national psyche of, of, of a nation to the extent that the Torah prohibits them um, marrying into the Jewish people.